The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America, welcome to the 31st ever show of All Around Sports, live from Boston. Each Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, we will go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsports.com. As always... It was another wild week in sports as the Penn State scandal continues unabated. And as usual, I would discuss the highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items that dominated this past week's news, as well as welcome our call-in guests, Joe Gill from Fan Feeder, and our weekly guest, Barry Rubenstein of the New York Post. Well, obviously, my lowlight of the week is again the Penn State scandal. And tough to keep starting these off with uh, low lights, but can't be ignored. And as my listeners know, I grew up near State College, Pennsylvania. So this story is as bad as it gets with the victims remaining and still needing to be the focus. And now, on top of all that, we have the Syracuse situation, which broke last evening of one of their, their longtime assistant basketball coach facing charges of child sex abuse, uh, not unlike the Penn State scandal. So the Penn State scandal, it's already the biggest scandal in sports history. And given my work in sports public relations, you know, has now suddenly become the all-time case study for PR disasters, literally dwarfing everything from Tylenol to Tiger Woods over the past couple of decades, uh, exacerbated by uh, this example where it's come out this week that Penn State University is, has an exemption from the state's right-to-know laws. Uh, I hope they don't use that because that will just simply make a horrible situation more horrible. But Penn State, you know, continues to lose control of the situation and mismanage the media, you know, with everyone from Jerry Sandusky himself talking to Bob Costas, uh, to Mike McQuarrie talking, uh, shall we say, sparingly with the media, while having his emails to friends saying that he went to local, went to police uh, when he allegedly observed a, a specific incident involving Sandusky, uh, 
So those emails are now out in the public domain, but yet they have not been corroborated by the local police, meaning state college and then university police. And now former PSU athletes like LeVar Arrington and basketball player John Amici are just unloading on their alma mater. Meanwhile, Joe Paterno is basically a prison prisoner in the own in his own kingdom that he created. So again, you know, I believe that this is just the tip of the iceberg and will affect Penn State for a generation or more. Interestingly, I am covering the Basketball Hall of Fame tip-off classic at Mohegan Sun in Connecticut this weekend, and tomorrow's opening game at noon features Kentucky versus, you guessed it, Penn State. So I look forward to reporting to you on my next show uh, all my observances from watching the first Penn State's team I've seen in any sport, obviously since the scandal broke a couple weeks ago. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll have the opportunity to talk to some Penn State fans and, uh, and who knows, and uh, come up with some information as that might help shed a little bit more light on this uh, crazy, crazy situation. Needless to say, we will discuss this story more as we move through today's show. And after that, it's a relief to move to my highlight of the week, which is hands down Coach Mike Krzyzewski from Duke setting the all-time wins record in men's Division I basketball, passing his mentor, Bob Knight, who coached him at Army in the late 1960s. I was particularly pleased since I have a strong connection to this unique relationship. I interviewed Coach Knight for the January 2010 issue of Armchair General Magazine, a military history magazine that I've written for for the past few years. And earlier this year, Coach Knight helped me land an interview with Coach K, which will be published in the May 2012 issue of Armchair General, which is uh, hitting newsstands in mid-March, just in time for March Madness. So the affection you saw between the two at Madison Square Garden on Tuesday night, when Coach K immediately at the buzzer went right over to Coach Knight, who was calling the game for ESPN, uh, and they shared some words privately, and uh, that genuine affection that was so obvious on the screen uh, is as strong today as ever, as I personally experienced firsthand when Coach Knight arranged this interview for me. However, this week I want to add a runner-up to the highlight of the week, which was Tebow time last night in Denver. Uh, frankly, I love that this kid is breaking all the preconceptions of what it takes to succeed as an NFL quarterback. I think the league and its fans are going to be better off uh, with this uh, new dimension in the NFL. My bizarre sports story of the week is Atlanta Falcons coach Mike Smith going for it on fourth and inches from his own 30 in sudden death. Uh, thanks to NFL Red Zone, I was watching. And uh, although Smith failed to get it and the Saints kicked the winning field goal moments later, uh, I liked it. I liked the move, uh, as I did when Belichick went for, for it on fourth and two versus the Colts a few years back. Um, go for the victory. And I uh, applaud him. Obviously, he's not, doesn't come out of this looking too good, but, uh, you know, I, I love a riverboat gambler, and that's exactly what he, what he showed that day. And this whole concept was further on display the day before when Texas Christian coach, TCU, coach Gary Patterson went for two points, losing by one to Boise State, undefeated Boise State, I might add, right at the end of the game. 
and he succeeded. It gave TCU a one-point lead that held up when the Boise kicker missed a chip shot field goal a few minutes later. After the game, Gary Peterson Patterson said, you know, we're the underdog on the road with a chance to win, so go for it, since uh, he didn't want to leave it to overtime. So again, I love this win-the-game strategy, particularly with the likes of TCU, who is not going to win the national championship, and therefore, in my mind, has not that much to lose, except what level of bowl game they'll end up going to. But they earned this win with style. It's the highlight of their season, no matter what happens, I, I would say. And uh, it'll be better than any bowl game win. So I hope this is the beginning of a trend, as often these, uh, these types of bold moves become. So moving into my events category, last week I discussed attending a presentation by the creators of Magic Bird, a new play debuting on Broadway in February and featuring the rivalry and friendship of Larry Bird and Magic Johnson. This is a follow-up to the successful show Lombardi on Broadway and yielded some timely sound bites, especially in light of uh, the bad turn the NBA lockout took this week. First, we have NBA Hall of Famer, former coach and announcer, Tommy Heinsohn, giving his take on the lockout. This thing here, to me, is uh, ridiculous. Uh, for the last two years, uh, we've been seeing in certain cities and towns that were mainstays, like uh, Detroit, like Washington, like Philadelphia, where there were people in the seats. Now, I always thought the players were pretty smart and observant. Well, where do they think they're getting paid from? <laughs> All right? So they never really observed that. And I, I think right now, when I was president and organized the Players Association way back in the 60s, late 50s, 60s, we had the benefit of the game. We wanted to leave the game for the next generation of players in good shape with something to look forward to. I'm not so sure that's what's going on now. And now, from the same event, let's listen to author and media member Jackie McMullen discuss how this lockout could affect players like Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen. Another year goes by, and I keep hearing people say, well, that's good, he can rest his knee. I know you're upset about it, I'm upset about it too. And, you know, you can rest your knee. Well, not, you know, it, it's still a year that goes by. You're still a year older. And that's just not good news if you're Ray Allen or Kevin Garnett or Paul Pierce. Additionally, Jackie has written a few books, including one on Bird and Magic, and has a new book on Shaq hitting bookstores as we speak. To weigh your appetite as to the types of info that she has in her books, Jackie told this story about Bird and Magic on the Dream theme that I thought you might enjoy. They, um, because of the security concerns of a team of that nature, they did not stay in the Olympic Village with the rest of the athletes. They stayed at the Ambassador Hotel. And there were just crowds and crowds of people outside every day. Jeff, were you over there? Jeff Twist? No, okay. Good lucky for you, actually. <laughs> and so every day there were just thousands of fans waiting for these guys. And, uh, you know, Larry has a real aversion to crowds, and it's legitimate. He has had it since he was a young man. He does not like um, being around a lot of people. When the, when the fans used to storm the court after they won, he said it used to make his heart stop. It's just something that made him very, very uncomfortable. As opposed to Magic, who's the best I've ever seen at... Uh, you know, signing autographs takes a long time, and if you stop, then everybody comes around you. Magic was the best I've ever seen it. He just could touch you once, or 
going at you, and you would feel like a million bucks. And he could take, he could get through this room in three seconds or less, and every one of you would feel as though he had done something for you. So Magic loved going out that front door. So Larry used to go out the back door with this, a baseball cap jammed over his head, and he used to go to the baseball games, the Olympic baseball games for the U.S. team, and sit there and drink beers with a couple of guys that he met on the train. And they would say, Larry, you coming back tomorrow? Larry says, yes, I am. Yes, I am. I'm on bring the wife. And, you know, then Diane would go back with him, and they'd go out that side door. So one day they were getting ready to go to the bus, and it was just bedlam. And Larry said, you know, Urban, there's this door right out there. And Urban said, I, I don't see it. <laughs> and out he goes. And, you know, that doesn't make Urban a bad guy. It makes, I think it just accentuates the difference. But the scene in that, it, in Barcelona, the one that always resonates with me is them all, they're up in, the, in the, their private room and some of the guys are playing pool and smoking cigars and they start talking about who the best ever was and Patrick Ewan was up there and of course he's from, you know, he grew up in Cambridge and he's saying Bill Russell's teams were the best and, and, and uh, Magic's saying, no, 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 our 87 team was the best and Larry, of course, isn't saying anything and uh, Barkley was saying, no, 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 it was the 84 team, the Celtics team, that was the best team and, and then finally Jordan said, Guys, now remember, George is still pretty young, 92, he hasn't even started yet. He said, you haven't even seen the best team yet, because I'm on it, and I haven't even played it yet. I'm going to be the best. And, and Urban took great exception to that, whereas Bird, who can barely walk at this point in Barcelona, says, Urban, it's, it's his time. And, and Larry could make that, I mean, he, could, he knew when his time was passed. Urban still thinks he could come back and play, right? <laughs> well, as you just heard, Jackie McMullen is the best. She tells a great story both verbally and in writing. And uh, now, as my former co-host, Lemont Williams from Outside the Huddle, likes to say, it's time to pay some bills, so let's take our break. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fan's perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice American Network and let's talk football. Have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you? It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemont Williams. Each week, join Lemont as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific. For Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1 888 346 9144. That's 1-888-346-9144 or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. 
Now, back to the show. Voice America, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And to join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when we often have guests join us. And now on the line with us is Joe Gill, sports editor from Fan Feeder. And welcome, Joe. How are you today? John, how are you? Great, great. Thank you for taking the time to join us. Well, thanks for having me. Well, you and I have seen each other at a lot of great events recently, uh, such as the one I just played the soundbite from with Tommy Heinsohn and Jackie McMullen. And I know you've... Uh, you're working hard at Fan Feeder, so why don't you tell us a little bit about your position and the organization itself? Sure. Uh, so I started with Fan Feeder about three weeks ago. Uh, what Fan Feeder is, it's basically it aggregates all the sports content that you could possibly want for a team. So, uh, you know, for instance, you know, the Bruins and Patriots are my favorite teams. So I could go to fanfeeder.com uh, slash, you know, Bruins or go to their Facebook feed or even their Twitter feed for the Bruins, and basically sign up for them and all the blogs, tweets, um, and uh, you know the uh, news from the the regular mediums of uh, of uh, sports news. I could get all that into one feed and have that on my Facebook feed. So uh, what I do for them is I cover the NFL. I'm like right in the midst of uh, doing all the previews for uh, for Week 11. So uh, it's a really good job, really great opportunity, and all my hard work finally paid off. Well, it sounds like a sports fan's dream is just to be able to, you know, one-stop shopping, so to speak, go to one site. And by the way, what is the uh, the website address for Fan Feeder? I just want to sure, be sure we uh, have that exactly it's, uh, correct. F-A-N-F-E-E-D-R, so, so there's, uh, .com. There's no E before the last R, so uh, that, that's the website. Check it out. It's, uh, it's an up-and-coming company, and we're doing a lot of great things over there. I'm really excited to be involved with it. Well, that just sounds wonderful, and... Uh, I know you just arrived there, as you said, and started there about three weeks ago, but for uh, a long time, you have run a great site up here called uh, Boston Sports Then and Now, and just following up my earlier soundbite from Jackie McMullen, uh, I'm going to play a good Boston Sports Then and Now kind of soundbite from Jackie, and, uh, and then we'll talk about that uh, website for a few minutes. Sounds great. Thank you. And here's Jackie's... Uh, Great story about Larry Bird after winning the 1984 NBA World Championship. Championship, the place is going crazy. All of us who live here can remember it. I was 24 years old and not fortunate enough to cover that championship, so I was in the streets like everybody else. And, you know, the place is mobbed, and, and Larry is trying to get to the celebration downtown. They're on Storrow Drive, and it's just jammed, traffic. You can't move. Nobody can move. So they finally just tell Joe Cotato, remember Joe Cotato, he, you know, the equipment guy, he's just driving them and he's supposed to take them and they, and they just jumped out and said, we're going to walk, it's going to be quicker. So now here's Larry Bird and Quinn Buckner walking up the road. They just won the, the NBA championship. Larry Bird, the greatest player in the game at that minute. And some guy drives by and Larry taps on the window and goes, hey, can you give us a ride? And then, I mean, the kid's got the Larry Bird shirt on. He's like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding? Next, you know, they, the two of them climb into the car. They drive with these fans to Finn Hall. They drop them off. And they're like, thanks a lot. And they're like, can we come in? No, but thanks for the ride. And, and the thing I love best is, like, when that, we finally got that into the book, I had never heard that story before. Larry told me that story. I got, I think, 40 or 50 emails, and everybody says, I was the guy in that car. <laughs> 
Joe, that's the night you and I both remember well being based up here in New England. I, I literally remember that night like it was yesterday, and I'm sure you do too. Yeah, you know, back in the uh, early to mid-'80s, all we really had up here at Giants, you know, was pretty much the Celtics. So uh, very a lot of fond memories of uh, Larry Bird and the uh, Big Three, the original Big Three, and also, too, that uh, Jackie's book, the, the Magic Johnson Larry Bird book she did, was incredible, and it's a must-read for everyone. Absolutely. And I think that uh, in, now she has a new book, and I've been seeing her on TV a lot the last 48 hours, uh, Shaq Uncut. Uh, a couple weeks ago, this, some of the uh, it start, the buzz started to build with some of the uh, information coming out from the book, uh, such as the relationship between Shaq and Kobe. And you and I talked to Jackie that night uh, about ten days ago, and she's just terrific. And I, I just can't wait to read the Shaq book as well. Oh, absolutely! I think there's a lot of uh, juicy tidbits in there. I, I heard excerpts about uh, his relationship with Big Baby, which was it was uh, I guess turbulent at best. Absolutely. Uh, well, Joe, I know you have your fingers on the pulse of, you know, all things sports, what's happening, you know, day to day. So I've just got to ask your views. What are, what are your thoughts these days on the whole Penn State scandal, given your great perspective? Yeah, I know we talked about this at that uh, the last event we saw each other. I mean, uh, now you hear about the stuff coming out with Syracuse. So it's it's pretty appalling and sickening, to be honest with you. Um it's just a shame. I mean, I heard when uh, Sandusky went on with Bob Costas, and that was pretty much, I mean, if you could incriminate yourself any more than he could possibly do it, he did it. I mean, the way he answered, he paused with questions. It just, I mean, honestly, it was very creepy. And <laughs> pretty much, you know, he had his lawyer actually sitting with Bob Costas. I, I, I think he basically crucified himself even worse. I agree. I agree. Uh, just a disaster. You know, it's just... The whole thing is a disaster, uh, to say the least. Uh, mostly the victims, uh, but everything, in, you know, from the way it broke to what really, you know, how many years it went on to, you know, how it's being handled now on a PR level. And as you know, I do sports PR and have for years. Uh, you, you know, it just continues to defy logic in so many ways. And uh, anyway, you know, we'll we'll see. There's just you know something new every day, and. I, it seems like it's just never going to end. Uh, Did you hear about Franco Harris getting fired for uh, showing his support for Paterno? He got fired from his casino job. I did not. Wow, yeah, this is why we have you on, Joe. For on moments like these, I did not hear that. Uh, and I, I've been on top of this thing uh, more than most, shall we say. Wow. What? Yeah, so uh, I just found out when I was doing my research on you know the Steelers and the Seahawks, because he used to play for the Seahawks, that came up. Right. He actually got let go from his job for... Uh, for uh, basically giving his, uh, you know, backing for Paterno. So it's kind of one of those things, you know, stay behind the scenes, but don't make it public. Well, exactly. And I made, uh, you know, I made reference in the opening segment about, uh, you know, just uh, other players, uh, former players, specifically LeVar Arrington, just unloading on Penn State, as well as former basketball player John, uh, John Amici. And then I've also been reading where, you know, a lot of firms, especially marketing firms, are you know running for cover, ending their deals if they can with Penn State. So the fallout is just going to be you know as as I've said for the last two weeks running, it's going to be a, a generation before this thing uh, you know starts you know to heal or Penn State recovers, shall we say? So uh, wow, that's amazing. I, I just hadn't heard that about Franco Harris. So and he was. 
you know, adamant in his uh, in his support of Paterno. So yeah, this is a uh, it's a crazy situation and getting crazier by the day. It seems uh, getting worse, not better. No, no doubt about it. It's a shame. Exactly. Now, uh, I have to ask you uh, your thoughts on Tim Tebow, knowing you're in the midst of doing an NFL preview. I watched last night and then locked in big time uh, when Tebow and the Broncos got the ball on the five-yard line, 95 yards to go, and that final drive was something to behold. Well, yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, I actually kind of went to bed, kind of fell asleep before the game ended, but uh, I was doing a game preview um, about, I mean, review, I'm sorry, about that game and saw Tebow's run. And it's one of those things where um can't really compare him to Flutie because Flutie definitely had more quarterbacking skills than I think Tebow does. He can definitely throw a better ball. But it was kind of one of those things where he's not orthodox. He's kind of against the odds. He's more of a runner than a thrower. But he's just fine. He's just, some people are just winners. And uh, there's no doubt Tim Tebow's a winner as much as John Elway and I think John Fox don't want him there. Uh, uh, he's winning. I mean, end of the day, that's all that matters in the NFL. You don't have to be the like Trent Delfer when he won the uh, Super Bowl with the Ravens. wasn't a great quarterback, but he could manage a game. So uh, they beat the Jets, which I'm completely happy about. So uh, it was a win-win. Exactly, and you know, now that we're talking, you know, given our Boston base and our mutual joy over seeing the Jets go down. Uh, talk a little bit about Boston sports then and now. It's a great site. I, I, I go to it all the time. Yeah, uh, thank you so much. Uh, so uh, it's uh, boston.sportsthenandnow.com if everybody wants to check it out. It's a great, great site. I've been uh, working with it for about two and a half years. Um, basically covers, you know, all the, all the uh, hot topics of today in Boston sports, but also goes back to, you know, the great roots that the city has in, in, uh, in sports for sure. And, you know, I sent you, you know, when we went to that Larry Bird uh, uh, event, I sent you some Larry Bird stories I did with the one with him and Dominique having that show down. Uh, the one that he hit his head against the floor against the Pacers came back with that miraculous uh, display he had, um, willing his team to victory, if you will. So, I mean, it's a great site. I really enjoy doing it. Uh, don't have as much time now because I have my full-time gig, which kind of, if you think about it, John, this sprung me to get that gig. I mean, if I didn't write about this website, if I didn't manage this website, if I didn't have a staff of writers I work with, if I didn't launch Boston Sports Blog of Palooza, which you and I met at, um, probably would have never got this job. So, kind of one of those things that you, you know i wrote an article actually on my on my blog about reinventing yourself and that's pretty much what i did so going from an event marketing background to kind of a dead-end job that i was at to a to uh you know position with an up-and-coming company like fan feeder uh where the sky's the limit you know when you've got a new company you have a lot of you know you can a lot of input you can help mold the company and it's just a great opportunity so um Really looking for it, and uh, if you don't mind, I'd like to plug the event that you're going to be joining us at, um, the Boston Bruins viewing party, if you don't mind. No, I was. that was my next topic, was simply the events where you and I met, which was first Blogapalooza, and now some events with Comcast that we've gone to, and now coming up, Boston Bruins viewing party. Feel free. Yep. So we, we work with uh, Days of Yore, which is uh, a, a great kind of website. They're kind of more of a parody of Bruins hockey, if you will, tell some funny stories. Love the photo. They do a lot of photoshopping. So we, we did an um, event in March with the, with the Bruins and Canadians, which actually was the Pacioretty game when uh, that whole hit went down. So it was a pretty controversial game. So what we do is get a bunch of Bruins fans together, uh, you know, watch the game. We have it at the place in Boston, which, which is right near Faneuil Hall. And uh, we have some uh, great raffle items that we work with uh, super fans and bottom line sock, uh, bottom line apparel. We'll begin some items. Fan feeder uh, will also be there as well. 
uh, I'll be wearing two hats that night, so we'll be doing uh, a raffle item and uh, having people like our Facebook page. So you'll get a ticket for uh, liking our page as well as you can buy tickets for a dollar. Um, it's just a great event. It's just a good time to get Bruins fans together. And uh, Comcast Sportsnet New England is our major sponsor. Uh, as you know, has backed them with Blogapalooza a bunch of times. And uh, it's great to have another event and get, get in touch with the fans. Yes, and Blogapalooza, uh, you know, I, I, I know that there's more out on the horizon. Uh, why don't you just, and we're about to close the segment here, but why don't you just close by telling us quickly about Blogapalooza and how that came to be. Sure. So, you know, when I was actually, I was out of work when, uh, you know, I, I hooked on with Boss Sports Center now, and I was really networking with a lot of folks uh, through Twitter and Facebook and things like that. So, uh, you know, I was always wondering why don't these people get together because, Coming from an event background, I mean, I, was, I do a lot of user events, you know, user conferences, trade shows, things like that. People who have, you know, that are customers of the same company getting together, trading ideas, secrets, feedback, things like that. So I was like, why don't we do that for the blogosphere, the sports community in Boston? So uh, I started that in November of 2000, uh, excuse me, um, God, it seems like so long ago. May of 2010, did our first one. Uh, we actually worked with Nesson. We had about 80 bloggers and sports personalities from around the area. Um, yourself included. I don't think we yep. got to talk that first one, but uh, I, but the last two we definitely did. So we had another yes. one. November, um, we had another one in November, and we had one this past May, May of eleven, uh, which Comcast Sports in New England has been the title sponsor of the last two events, uh, and we actually increased our attendance to about 120 people uh, at the West End Johnny's event uh, this uh, past, I think, June or May. Um, so it's going great. You know, met a lot of great people. We had we had panel discussions with people like. Um, Carrie Byrne from uh, Cold Hot Football Facts. We had Albert Breer from the NFL Network, Jessica Camaretto from CN, you know, Comcast Sports at New England, Asherod Blakely. Yep. A lot of great folks. A lot of you know people showed up to participate, and people like yourself, and you know everybody just loves sports, and it's great to get everybody on like an even playing field. Well, they have been wonderful. I've been to all three, and look forward to going to more. In addition to. Uh, the other things you've now been doing, uh, the Comcast events with Tommy Heinz and Jackie McMullen, Magic Bird producers, uh, and I'll look forward to seeing you at the Bruins viewing party in about 10 days. And uh, in the meantime, have a happy Thanksgiving. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy Friday, and I know it's busy because you're doing your NFL previews, uh, and we'll look forward to having you on again down the road, Joe. And John, like the same here, it's great that you and I forge a relationship because uh, we basically have a, a lot of uh, uh, fond memories of everything that is history and sports, so it's good to talk to someone that's as passionate about those things as me. Absolutely, Joe. And uh, once again, thank you. I appreciate it. And now it's time for our break. And coming up next will be Barry Rubenstein from the New York Post. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Super Bowl champ Lionel Dalton is taking to the Internet airwaves with his own brand of sports talk. You'll go inside the mind of the players and find out if blacklisting really happens, what their thoughts are on training camps, where the former NFL players are now, and why being drafted by the wrong NFL team can kill a promising player's career. Lionel will also cover what's up with the Baltimore Ravens. 
Tune in to Sports Talk with Lionel Dalton live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. The revolution has begun with Jim and Trav. Listen this week as Randall Eden, Shannon Young, Josh Fleming, and Joe Hosmer tell us why it's important to get our kids in the outdoors. Plus, Cat Daddy will have some catfishy tips, and Nick Rhodes has a new twist on wildlife management you'll want to hear. This is sponsored by Ram Trucks at RamTrucks.com. Wednesdays at 1 Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. I'm Jim Ferguson. I'll see you on the trail. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And to join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And joining us on the line now is our weekly call-in expert, Barry Rubenstein from the New York Post. And Barry, how are you today? I'm terrific, John. How are you? Thanks for having me once again. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, My pleasure. Well, Barry, as you know, last week I was uh, up in Montreal at the John Molson Sports Business Conference, and uh, and while there, one of the speakers to the students in attendance was uh, an NHL sports agent, uh, Don Meehan, and he told this great story about uh, Alexander Ovechkin, and I thought you'd enjoy hearing it, knowing that uh, you have a great interest in hockey. And let's listen to the soundbite and talk a little hockey after that. Sure. I refer to that Alexander Hitchcock was an exceptional player at the age of 15. And uh, there were three lawyers in our firm that went to Moscow. And within probably the first 10 minutes of watching him play, we knew that he was exceptional. We knew that he was special. He was playing against men at that point in time uh, within the KHL. Uh, what was involved in terms of the time commitment that you have to make in our business is that uh, we presented our credentials to the Michigan family when he was 15 years of age. But what it meant was a three-year commitment in terms of our time, our travel, our expense, to represent him before he was drafted. So for those of you who need to understand when a player finally might earn a contract in our business, that can't happen for the It only happens in the best of circumstances. You have to be worldly talented to be in a position to step into the National Hockey League at In most cases, it's 90, which therefore then raises that period of time from 15 to 90. So if you, if you work for a law firm, if you try to tell your law firm that you're going to dock at your time, your telephone conversations, your travel for four years before you were ever entitled to a fee, they might look at you like you had five or six heads and say, uh, we don't want you practicing in that area of law, let's do something else. 
But that's what's involved if you have to establish a profit in our business. It doesn't come any easier than that. Those are entry-level players in the age of 18. In Alexander Bitchkin's case, we were in Moscow back and forth for the better part of three years before he became a player. Well, Barry, that was again Don Meehan, uh, president of Newport Sports Management, a sports agency that handles a lot of NHL players. And I just found those comments fascinating. Just, you know, what it's like for, uh, you know, how, how players are discovered, number one, in hockey, which is younger than most, I think, most sports. And, and then how, what happens when, you know, a, a child prodigy, so to speak, like, such as Ovechkin, is in the mix, let alone a half a world away. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's funny, the at NHL, I mean, this goes back to, you know, back in the 80s when the Russians first started uh, coming over. You know, there was a lot of, uh, there, was, there was a lot of skullduggery behind the scenes. I can remember, you know, back in the day when I covered the, the New Jersey Devils when uh, uh, Slava Fetisov first came over. And, you know, there were a lot of negotiations, a lot of things going on behind the scenes that, you know, at the time, quite frankly, we weren't real privy to because there was still, you know, the like the, the shroud of secrecy over over the uh, the Soviet Union and uh, what was going on at the time over there and, you know, uh, a, a lot of backroom bargaining and, uh, you know, in some ways that, that did, in some ways it's changed, you know, it's gotten a little more transparent, a little more open and open over time, but you, know, you still have a lot of the, a lot of the issues, you still have some cultural issues and, you know, the distance and the language and a, a lot of, a lot of barriers that still exist, but it isn't nearly, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, you know, the, the semi-espionage uh, kind of state it was uh, back in the day. So a lot has changed, but, you know, some, some of the core things pretty much remain the same. And yeah, I agree with you. It is pretty fascinating when, when you think about it. Oh, absolutely. And uh, I knew that you had covered hockey in the past, so that's why I wanted to get your thoughts on that soundbite. And, uh, you know, see, hearing Don Meehan speak, uh, he, he is certainly, you know, very above board, very... Uh, very good speaker, and it was just fascinating to hear him talk about uh, what it's like to be a player agent in the world of hockey. And uh, moving on from that uh, and into the news of the day, uh, after your great insight last week on the Penn State scandal, I'd love to hear what you uh, what your thoughts are on what's gone on this week. And there's <laughs> there's been a lot. Yeah, and you know it, cha- it changes every day, and you know it's 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 really something that you know. It, it, and we we spoke about this last week too, and I, you know, and, and it just it just boggles my mind, you know, about the and with the with the gravity of what's developed here, and 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 the 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 just the the awfulness of these alleged allegations, and you know, more and more more and more you know victims coming forward, and you know the victim's mother speaking with Anderson Cooper, and. Just all these different facets coming out. We, you know, we just still there's just still so much we don't know about this case, and still so much that hasn't been said, and still so much that hasn't been forthcoming. And you know, it, it just continues to be just a, a lot of questions. And we and you know, I, I think the 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 interview with with, with uh, Jerry Sandusky and Bob Costas on TV the other night it was just it was mind blowing. It was just you know, we, we, it was. Why a lawyer would, would agree to have Jerry Sandusky come on and, and and you know in my opinion you know make him seem more culpable you know if that if that were possible but it, it, that's what happened and still I mean you know the the Penn State uh, hierarchy is still being very uh, very closed mouth non transparent you know everything that that you would expect an organization to do in a crisis situation that just hasn't happened 
and it's just it's 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 just I guess staggering, mind blowing, whatever you want to say, whatever adjective you want to use. It's I, I just I don't really understand what their thought process is. You know, of course, at this point, you have the legal uh, the legal eagles involved, and you know, once once it gets to that point, you know, the, the, these people just aren't able to speak publicly. But you know, we never really got to hear Joe Paterno talk about this. You know, Mike McQuarrie is kind of. Uh, on again, off again, uh, you know, is he telling the truth? Did he go to the police? Did he not go to the police? Did he report it? Did he not report it? Nobody really knows. And it's, 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 it's just it's absolutely crazy. And, you know, it's, it's going to be a long, long time before, before we, we get some answers on this. I mean, it's, it probably will go to trial at some point, you know, unless it somehow gets settled before that. Um, you know, this is not something that's just going to, you know, Nobody's going to snap a finger. It's not going to be a magic, uh, a magic wand over this and just say, okay, this is how it's going to be solved. This is going to, be, this is going to go on for a long time. And I, I heard a legal mind being interviewed on the radio the other day talking about how it's, it, it, it's probably going to get more complicated, mostly because a lot of times in, in legal type of issues, uh, once you get to that point, it's not going to be just one case. It's not going to be all the victims versus Jerry Sandusky, they're probably going to splinter these cases off into individual court cases, in which, if that's the case, then it's going to become uh, a very, very long, complicated process. And it's going to be a long time before we really find out what happened here. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's very sad, and it's, um, it's just, I, I just, I just, I'm just at a loss to explain Penn State's reaction to, to what's gone on here. And, uh, you know, as I said, you know, there, there were, there's a lot more questions than we have answers to. And it's, uh, unfortunately, I think it's going to be a long time before those questions are answered. Good point. Wow. I hadn't heard some of that, especially about the splintering of the cases. Uh, I agree wholeheartedly with everything you said. Uh, I've been saying for the last two weeks, you know, this is, uh, it's going to be a generation before Penn State recovers, but maybe longer if they don't start to get their arms around the situation a little better and handle it more appropriately. Uh, you know, again, growing up in that area, the one thing I do know is it is so remote. Happy Valley is really in the middle of nowhere. And, uh, you know, I, I think they just, you know, and they've been hiring lots of PR and legal law firms, you know, many, both the university and individuals such as Paterno. And they basically, they're still in that insular world. They just don't have enough worldly experience in how to handle something like this. Uh, not that anybody would, quite frankly. You could have Columbia right. in the middle of the Bronx. I don't know that they could handle it any better. And No tie there. Nothing against Columbia. I, that just popped into my mind as a big city school. And, uh, right. But it's just, again, this insular atmosphere that, you know, the, the one thing they did know was how, how to, you know, open up their doors to the world six Saturdays every year for a Penn State football Saturday. But, boy, beyond that, they just don't have the experience, the, you know, the savvy, for lack of a better word, for, you know, how to handle this utter firestorm again the biggest sports scandal in history if it ended today it would still be the biggest sports scandal in history so it's only going to get bigger because it's oh, certainly yeah. not ending yeah. today or anytime soon and barry without thought actually we're ready to go to our break but we can uh you know finish up on this topic uh on the other side as well as discuss a little bit of nfl 
your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. We some hard hitters, we some hard hitters. Hard-hitting radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard-hitting radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on The Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. And back on the line with us is Barry Rubenstein of the New York Post. And Barry, we were just uh, discussing Penn State. And uh, I'd like to get your feedback on how we ended our previous segment. Well... Uh, you know, I, I think that you know we were, we were talking. You know, we were talking about you know how Penn State has handled this, and you know, there's, it's very different from the way uh, you know another uh, another tragic news story popped up this week uh, involving uh, Bernie Fine, who's an assistant basketball coach at Syracuse under Jim Beheim, and uh, his alleged uh, molestation of a ball boy uh, uh, several years back. Um, he has been put on administrative leave. Uh, Jim Beheim said this, that, that this, you know, he stands behind Bernie Fine, and you know and that's fine, but you know, no pun intended. But um, the university uh, almost immediately put out a statement, you know, explaining you know why they did what they did, you know how they will cooperate fully with the authorities, how there was a zero tolerance at Syracuse University for this type of thing, and they're going to get the answers, they're going to get to the bottom of it, and right there in 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 one statement. They did more than Penn State has done in two-plus weeks with this story. So, you know, I, I think that, you know, we talked about this becoming a test case for, you know, for PR classes and crisis communication classes. And clearly, uh, you know, the rest of the uh, NCAA community has, has, has taken very quick notice of this and basically how not to handle a situation. And I thought, you know, at least in the very early junctures of, of this, um, you know, breaking, still breaking story at Syracuse, uh, they seem to be at least um, handling it the right way from a uh, from a crisis point of view. So um, you know we'll see how that plays out. But you know it, it's just so uh, public perception and and the message that you're putting out is just so important. And, and we still have not heard those type of messages from Penn State. It, it's really sad. But you know I, I thought you know Syracuse is you know however that turns out with Coach Fine, um, you know they're at least start in the, in, at this juncture handling it the right way. That is a great point, and you know, I wonder if it's tied into the fact that uh, Syracuse, as you well know, and 
others in our field, Syracuse has one of the top, if not the top, communication schools in the country, specifically sports communications, specifically, you know, media, broadcasting, uh, you know, the, the, the airwaves are littered with, uh, with Syracuse grads, and I just wonder if, you know, somehow, some way, they somehow pulled in all that expertise that they have right there, both, you know, on staff and within the student body, not to mention alumni, to, to get it right in literally record time. So uh, that, that's a great point, and uh, we'll see, you know, we'll see how they proceed. I totally agree, you know. They got out ahead of it as well as humanly possible, you know, within the past 24 hours. And uh, we'll see what develops. But, you know, it's, uh, it, it's you know, sure to be another one. And I got the feeling, uh, you, you know, we haven't seen the, the last of these types of stories. I think this is going to shake, you know, American universities and colleges to the very core, causing every single one, if they're thinking correctly, to, you know, Look at the situation and see, number one, how they will, how, how they would handle it, uh, as in establish a crisis plan, and number two, look at you know just look at their entire staffs and you know make sure that nothing like this is or has gone on and that there aren't any uh, skeletons in the closet, so to speak, that are going to pop out. Yeah, I mean it's a really good point, and you know, it's a good point you made about. Uh, you know, Syracuse, you know, having that, having that school of journalism and communications, how they're known for that. And, uh, you know, I work with, uh, even at the Post, I work with, uh, several, uh, alumni from Syracuse and they're all, they're all over the place. They're not business. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that, I think there's, I, I think there's, there's something to be said for that. I really do. And, uh, but, you know, I think in this day and age, I think you just have to be more, more aware. You have to be more culturally aware of, 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 Facebook and Twitter, you, you have to, you have to have a grasp of that. And, you know, and as you, you know, as you mentioned before, you know, just not under, not really being able to fathom the depths of this, of this type of situation. I mean, really, this has never happened before, but, you know, I still think that you have to be aware, you have to be able to have a plan for, for this type of thing. And, you know, maybe that that's coming from, you know, people like us who also have PR backgrounds that we think this way, um, you know, but I don't see how you can't in this day and age with, 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 with the amount of news you can get instantaneously these days and the, and the, and the speed with which, which these stories grow and take on lives of their own. You, there, there's no other way to handle it today. You just can't do it. And you know, they, were, they were guilty of falling asleep with the switch. But, you know, uh, but again, uh, you know, looking at Syracuse as an example and looking at you know, whatever else, uh, whatever other stories may, may come in the future regarding this and, uh, and, and other things, you know, I fully expect uh, the NCAA community to, to be on top of things, you know, moving forward. Uh, I think they, I think a lot, of, I think a lot of people have learned from this and that will continue. No question about it, Barry. And, uh, we'll be watching as will the entire, as will everybody else to say the least. It feels like the entire world is just focused in on this. And, uh, you know, it's just been an incredible couple of weeks and, Again, I keep saying it, but I believe it, you know, I, I think it's going to get more incredible as, as we move along, and uh, we will see what develops. Uh, and speaking of incredible, last night, watching Tebow time unfold was pretty incredible, too. It was reminded me of, you know, 
when I was a kid growing up playing football in central Pennsylvania, as what is, which is what we did basically constantly, is, uh, you know, basically you hike the ball to the biggest, toughest kid, and uh, he just runs right up the middle. <laughs> that's, it was, that's, that's, that's what it seemed like, especially on the final drive when it mattered. Yeah, I mean, you're, and you're, you're right. It actually reminded me of when I was back in high school playing high school football and, uh, you know, facing a couple of teams, you know, back, back at that time, uh, the Houston Beer was a very popular offense to run. I, and I, I felt like I, I was watching a high school or college game last night, the way the Broncos were, were, uh, were operating. I mean, you know, let's face it. Uh, you know, for the most part, it was a, uh, the defenses uh, were pretty stout. Uh, you know, the, the Broncos are probably not that talented, which is why they, you know, why they've kind of given the reins to, to Tebow. And, you know, we saw on that last drive, you know, the, 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 you know, we saw Tebow time. We saw it. And the Jets didn't seem able to really to, to get a grasp on him. I mean, the Jets obviously have, have plenty of issues, but you know, to see Tebow pretty much you know running on that last drive almost at will against uh, you know the, the the quote vaunted Jets defense, you know that was uh, that was an eye opener. It was a, it was a pretty incredible end to the game. Absolutely. Um, you know, again, I, I think uh, you know, and the Jets continue to talk like they're like they're a, a great team. I think we can officially say that the Jets are not that good. They're five and five, and they're they're all, they're in the mix for the playoffs only because uh, you know the rest of the AFC is kind of uh, pedestrian this year. But um, I don't know; they've, they've they've got some issues to straighten out. But uh, you know, uh, you got you got a lot of people you got a lot of people out there, you know, wishing Tebow to fail. He is pretty uh, a pretty polarizing figure uh, in the NFL. You know, you have people saying, "Well, it can't work. It can't work." Well, guess what? It worked last night. Will it work for the long term? That remains to be seen. But you know, it it certainly it certainly worked against against the Jets last night, and that's that's all that really matters. Yeah, well, you know, the, the difference to me versus growing up and you know playing football as a kid, like all of us have done, is that you know, Tebow's no longer the biggest kid. Uh, yeah. He he really wasn't in college. Uh, you know, although he's big as many of them. But nowadays, you know, he's not as big as the guys on the Jets' defense, yet he was still able to just take the ball and, and run with it and not get tackled, you know, without getting substantial gains. And uh, the touchdown run was just a thing of beauty. Yep. So it's just remarkable. And we're down under uh, two minutes here. So, you know, just would love to get your final thought uh, on what, where the Jets are. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think they're I think they're in big trouble, and you know, and, and even you know, Rex Ryan still still coming up with statements like we're no, we know we're better than this. Well, I don't know, I don't know how, I don't know if they're better than this. This may be what they are. I mean, you know, as as you know, and we've talked about before, you know, the the statement made famous by Bill Parcells, you know, well, you know, this is who we are, and you know, maybe they really have to realize this is who they are. That it's it's going to be a dogfight just for them to make the playoffs, and they have issues. You know, Mark Sanchez has thrown thrown a pick six in three consecutive games. Um, their offensive line is having a lot of trouble protecting them. You know, they, they haven't been able to, you know, establish really a running game. And there's a lot of issues with this team. And, you know, I, I think obviously, you know, the people in the in Patriots Nation watching that game last night, they thoroughly enjoyed it, I'm sure. Uh, but, you know, uh, beyond that, it's, it's, it's going to be difficult for them down the stretch. Uh, they, they've got to find some answers quickly. And I just don't know that they have the, the personnel and the ability to, to, to do that. Right now, um, they're 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 kind of reeling, and uh, you know, yep. I, I don't really see it getting getting any better anytime soon. I know. Well, it's going to be interesting to watch. And Barry, I'm afraid that brings us pretty close to the end of the show. And uh, 
Before we close, I'd like to say that my pick of the weekend uh, for appointment viewing, in addition to obviously college and NFL, uh, really a couple things that are just a little different, which is uh, the Major League so Soccer Cup on Sunday night, uh, where I am curious to see if David Beckham can win a championship with the LA Galaxy, who are uh, playing the Houston Dy Dynamo for the championship. And also spent a little time yesterday watching the President's Cup from Australia. It was a pretty good take, and I think uh, that might be worth tuning into, in addition to, again, the obvious NFL and college football that will be all over the screens all weekend long. And, Barry, I want to thank you again for your great perspective, particularly on Penn State, and, uh, and we'll do it all again next week. And uh, thank you for listening to All Around Sports. Have a great weekend, and we look forward to next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.